Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Paul writes to the church, you know that life is not a playground. It's a battlefield. Understand this morning, Satan will do whatever he can do to keep the gospel from being preached. He'll do whatever he can do. And he loves to get churches sidelined. So they're doing all kinds of funky things. No, Paul says, I want you to be contending, striving, athletically, a team against this enemy so the gospel can be shared. Generally speaking, we're not used to thinking about life in terms of conflict. Our lives are very comfortable and predictable, pretty much like we want them to be. The Bible, however, speaks of the believer's life in military terms. It's Jesus and us against Satan and his minions. Pastor Mark reminds us that our focus should be on advancing the kingdom of God on this earth, exposing those around us to the love of God. This will require that we keep our attention on Jesus, what he wants from us, and not be distracted by petty squabbles. Instead, we need to work at being unified. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 1 with part 2 of his message, Stand Firm and Stand United. Christians are to be in the world, but they're not to be like the world. We are light and salt. We should live differently. And when you don't, we confuse the world because we're just like them. We're going to do a series on marriage. And we're going to discover that if we're not careful, we'll live our married lives just like the world does. Divorcing and separating and fighting and no union and no joy. And Well, no, we're supposed to be very different. And of course, we can't do that without God. So we'll learn about that. But today, Paul's just saying, no, I expect you, whether I get to see you personally or whether I'm stuck here in prison, I want to hear that your belief and your conduct, they match really closely. Now, the next verse is the one you want to see with that light. What is the challenge? We discover it in Ephesians. Paul writes this, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, Imitate God, be like him in everything you do on Sunday morning. And then the rest of the week, have a ball. You don't have to get your Bible out. Don't think about God. Just live your life for another six days just by yourself. Please yourself. Is that what that verse says? No, it says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. That's our problem with our churches today. We have so many people that are Sunday Or Saturday night believers. They come, they look good, they worship, raise their hands, give money, serve, do all those things. And the other six days of the week, God's far away. It's back into self. It's self-esteem. Notice, 
Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Why? Why should I imitate God? Because you're his kids. We should be imitating, imitating God. Well, how do I know what God's like? I just told you right here. We studied this morning. One of the things Paul said, well, if, if, if you're going to be like Christ, you're going to please him. Well, how do I please him? Well, I know what the commandments are and I study them. And so that's what Paul said. When I come to see you, I expect to see that gap closed. Now, mimic God, close the gap. Now, he finishes something excellent. Look at verse 27. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit. So Paul says, here's three ways to conduct yourself in a worthy manner. Here's three ways to show that you're this person of integrity. Write all three of these down. I'll give them to you this morning. Number one, Paul says, stand together in unity. You see, many churches and many Christ followers, they spend much of their time and energy fussing about all kinds of little things that really don't even matter at all. And Paul reminds you, you're the believers at Philippi, to focus on working together as a team. What does that mean? Well, it simply means we understand that when we stand together in this unity, in one spirit, that we were baptized into the body of Christ by one spirit. Let me read it to you, 1 Corinthians 12. Now, some of us are Jews, and some are Gentiles, and some are slaves, and some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. So, when you got saved... God puts you in the body of Christ. It's way bigger than Calvary Chapel or our four campuses or what. It's the body of Christ worldwide. God put you in it and he gifted you. And you're going to see in a moment, we're simply servants. There's only one God. So when God puts you in there, you're to live worthy with your gifting and your abilities. Every single one of us got gifts and abilities. There's nobody in the body of Christ that doesn't have worth. And there's nobody in the body of Christ that isn't needed to function. So we flow together as a team. No prima donnas allowed. You understand, if you watch like pro football and baseball and some of these things, some of these guys are always traded to other teams. Why? Because they're like, stand up, throw me the ball, throw me the ball, throw me the ball. I'll win the game, I'll win the game. Pretty soon, those guys are always moving to a new team. Why? They don't understand it works together. If somebody doesn't block for the quarterback, the quarterback can't get the ball to the guy. So understand all that today. We are just a team. Now, unity. Satan loves to divide. Christ loves to unite. Satan loves to divide. Christ loves to unite. Well, could there be division in our churches? Well, certainly, because Paul writes, I want you to stand as one. So he's warning them about divisions. Any of you, have you ever been part of a church where there was 
division and church splits. Let me, let me see your hand. Okay, take a look at that. How was that for you? Couldn't wait to go to church? No, it was like you couldn't wait not to go to church. Because when you walk into a church where there's people fighting with each other, you can smell it. And the unbeliever walking in goes, I don't want any part of that. I just don't want to be there. So let's turn and keep your finger where you're at. We'll be right back. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians and learn a little principle about standing together in unity. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, just a few books back. And we'll begin in verse 3. Now, Paul writes to a church that's having trouble. Notice what he says. Verse 3, I'll read it out of the New Living Translation. You are jealous of one another, and you quarrel with each other. So in the church, there's jealousies. I, you know, like your gift. Your gift's better than mine. My person here. And you quarrel. There's quarreling. There's not unity. Now, look what he says. Doesn't that prove that you're controlled by your old sinful nature? Aren't you living like the people of the world? So Paul says, you know, if we're going to live worthy, we're supposed to be unified. There shouldn't be division. There shouldn't be quarreling. There shouldn't be jealousy. And since you're doing that, you're not living different. You're living just like the world. Then he says in verse 4, how that division was really happening. How it exposed itself. Look at it. Well... In the church, one of you says, I'm a follower of the Apostle Paul. And another one says, well, I really don't care for Paul too much. I'm really a, I follow Apollos. Paul responds, aren't you acting again, just like the people of the world? And then he explains why that is wrong. Look at verse 5. After all, who is Apollos? And by the way, I'm Paul, but who am I? We're only God's, circle this word in your Bible, servants. We're only God's servants. We're not man's servants. We're only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work that God gave us. So Paul says to the church, Cut it out. Quit living with the values of the world. Stop it. You're not acting like Jesus. Every one of us is simply a servant with our own gifts. Why would you be divisive? Why would you be jealous of somebody else? And quit putting one person above another. And you say, Pastor Mark, thanks for reading that, but what does that have to do with us? Could that selfish, divisive lifestyle find itself at CCM? Well, sure it could. Let me give you a couple of examples. You're out in a store and somebody stops you and said, oh, I see you got a red bracelet. That's cool. Which campus you go to? I'm Melbourne. I want to see what you think about this. I've heard a number of people talking. You know what? I really love Pastor Dave's teaching more than Pastor Mark's teaching. What do you think about that? Now, how would you answer that? Come on, now, how would you answer that? I hope you would say, well, no, Pastor Mark says, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> but you know how you get in trouble? Here's how you answer. Well, you know what? I've been thinking about that a lot myself. I really do like it when Pastor Dave's teaching way more than Pastor Mark. And I've actually heard that from a few other people. Now, where does that go from there? Does it go good? 
No, it doesn't go good because it starts to spread. Here's another one. Let me give you another way how this works. You're all talking with somebody and you visit one of our other campuses. I'll just give you an example. You visit Vieira and you visit Orlando campus and you say this. You know what? I like the way the campus at Vieira does it way better than the campus at East Orlando. In fact, I I like the Vieira campus way better than the Melbourne campus. It's just way better. Now, is that going to be unity? Right now, I'm watching the people there at Vieira. They're smiling. They love it. They agree with that. You're wrong. (laughs) But do you see how that begins? Well, I'd like the praise band at this campus way more than the praise band at this campus. See, if you begin going down that road, there's disaster for the church. You can't stand in unity because now inside the church, we're fighting with one another. And all my energy that I'm supposed to be sharing the gospel with has turned inward. Do you follow me? So we can all find it. Certainly you can have somebody like more than the other, whatever. But I want to give you a a challenge as a pastor of this church. When I'm not here, some of you go, praise God. Because I like somebody else. That's fine. But here's actually what happens. We'll get people call on the phone. And they'll say, who's teaching this weekend? It's Pastor Mark in town. And if they say no, thank you. So they're not coming. Now, don't get this wrong. When I was associate pastor at Merritt Island, I was never really on staff, but when Malcolm would go, I was always the guy that taught. And I remember, is Malcolm here? No, Balmer's teaching. Thank you very much. I'll come back when Malcolm's here. Well, now it's changed. I want to say something to you. Whoever is behind this pulpit or in any of our pulpits, it isn't about the man. It's about the word of God. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to mature, to mature. It doesn't matter what praise band is here. You're not praising the praise band. We're praising God. And relax. We throw him in once in a while for all of us. It's okay. It's okay. I wish it was seven hymns and two fast songs. I don't like, relax. So you hear me all the time saying this. We're one church in four locations. Why? Because we have to be unified here. Quit fussing over the little stuff. So we can have our energy against the enemy. That's what we want. Now let me show you how this works. Because I've been doing this a long time. My dad was a pastor for 50 years. I've seen all kinds of stuff. Here's what happens. People come to this church. They really don't. Did you know that people don't like me? Oh, absolutely. They don't like me. Or they don't like something else. They don't like the elders. They, who they, they don't like the elders. So they go like this. Forget this church. I don't like Balmer. I don't care for the elders, the way they run this church. So I'm going different place. So they go over to Vieira. <laughs> Praise and worship start. Great band. Terrific. There's Pastor Dean. Praise God, I got rid of Balmer. Praise God. And then the screen comes down. Good morning. How are you? What? Where's that guy at? How did he get here? Forget it. I'm going over here to Sebastian. Or I'm going to travel to Orlando, another county, totally. They get over there, smaller church. I like small. I don't like big. Praise God. Little teeny band, great people. Thank God. 
Here comes a stream. Oh, no. Sorry. See, it isn't about this guy. It isn't about the eldership. It's about worshiping God together in unity. We're a team. We're a team. You understand that? So when you begin to see little... And by the way, God's blessed us in 18 years. We've never really had any kind of... A, we always have a few little things. People leave the church and that's fine. Good. God directs them somewhere else. We don't worry about that at all. But don't get yourself caught up in any kind of gossip and foolishness. Paul says to the church at Philippi, Look, I want you to stand together for the sake of the gospel. Use your energy, all your resources to flow. London and I just this last week got back from Potter's Field Ministry. Uh, how many remember uh, Mike and Pam went here and they did the pottery and whatever? Well, they invited us out to teach. Uh, they have a campus of about 40 acres in Montana. And while we were there, I was teaching. A lot of pastors came in. We just had a great time teaching the students, the interns. They have missions in San Salvador and Africa and, of course, their ministry. While we were there, Linda and I talked about it when we left. We stayed right on their campus in a little room there. And it was just amazing. Everything that you heard from these students, these interns, was this. How can I serve you? Oh, that's not a problem. We can do that. Anything you need, we'll do it. See, that's what Paul's saying. Paul says, don't talk about personalities. You don't even need name tags. Who cares about Paul or Apollos? We're simply servants. And we're serving God. And I want to thank you as a church that we don't have division. We don't have all that jazz going on. I just want to thank you that you're servants. And I'm proud of you. And the eldership are proud of you. Because you're keeping the main thing the main thing. Thanks so much for doing it. So when we walk in here, there's not a smell on any of our campuses of division. We have so many people that say to us, when I walked onto your campus, I felt like I was home. Why is that? Because God's the guy and we're the servants and we're working together as a team. So thank you so much. Now, Look at the look at the end of uh, look at the end of verse twenty seven. I know that you will stand firm in one spirit. Then he says this, contending. Here we go again, as one man. So we're a unit again for the faith of the gospel. Second thing you want to write this morning: we're to fight together for the faith, the gospel. So we're a team serving one another. We have worth, all of us. But we're to fight together for the faith of the gospel. Paul says there's a purpose to be in unity. And that purpose is to share the gospel. It's what changes lives. The word contending is an interesting word. We get our word athletics in the original language from that. So what that word simply means is this. We're striving together. We're struggling together. We're fighting together as a team against a enemy who wants to keep us from teaching and sharing and ministering the gospel. In other words, Paul writes to the church, you know that life is not a playground. It's a battlefield. Understand this morning, Satan will do whatever he can do to keep the gospel from being preached. He'll do whatever he can do. And he loves to get churches sidelined. So they're doing all kinds of funky things. No. Paul says, 
I want you to be contending, striving, athletically, a team against this enemy so the gospel can be shared. Now, Jesus gave us the mission. Remember this? Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. That's why we're here. Lost people matter to God. Every person matters to God. They don't think they have any worth. And their worth is for the world is all in themselves. So if they come from a terrible family, they have no education, they have no money, they have no skills, they they just have no self-worth at all. But God says, I want to give you worth. My son died for you, the whole world. So Jesus came to seek out sinners. And we are to be, notice what I just said to you here. We're fighting together for the faith. We're sharing the gospel. Let me challenge you with something quickly. When's the last time you shared the gospel? When's the last time... Outside of this building, you talked about Christ. You talked about salvation. People need to hear it. They don't know. Now, you're going to see that you and I are to be on mission. We are to be sharing when God opens the door. Well, Pastor Mark, God never opens the door. This is because you never pray to have God open a door. Remember the book, You Were Made for This? We're to expect God to open doors. As Linda and I were flying to Montana last Sunday after service, we used our miles and stuff to get up there. We had to take three flights. Melbourne, Atlanta, Minneapolis, Kalispell, Montana. We got over to Melbourne, plenty of time, sat down. The girl come on and says, I have a little announcement for you. Storm's gone through Atlanta. All Atlanta shut down. So we're two hours late leaving. Well, of course, you know what that does to your next connection. That's dead. And then the next plane that's supposed to go can't get in. So we don't know if we're ever going to get to Montana. We could be three days, just come right back to Melbourne and forget it. So I'm sitting there, we're in the lounge. And I said, I'm going to go talk to the gal at the desk. So I went up and talked to the gal on the desk. And uh, I said, I'm a silver medallion. (laughs) That's just the little guy in the totem pole because there's like gold and then, I don't know what, platinum or something. Those are the guys, when you get on the plane, first class here, they always go like this. The rest of us go back here and sit with the peons. That's, that's us. So I'm just trying to say, well, at least I'm a medallion. I fly 25,000 miles with you guys. Is there anything you can do for me? And she's looking, well, I'll give you the medallion line and whatever. And I said, and then I, I said this, uh, in October, I'm taking 50 people on Delta to Israel. I'm hoping they're like, oh, 50 people. He's in charge of 50 people. This much. And she says, to where? I said, to Israel. And she comes back to me and she says this, I'm a Messianic Jew. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I began sharing with her and we talked about Christ and how wonderful he was. And before I left there, I had first class the next day on the flight, guaranteed. I had a whole, man, Hallelujah. How that happened? That was all God. But see, you're looking for ways to just share. Who knows what's going to happen? Are you looking for ways to share Jesus Christ? We need to do that. We need to be sharing the gospel. Ask God to open your heart because we have to be on mission. Pastor Mark reminded us today that the Bible speaks of our lives in terms of conflict and war. God versus Satan. He told us again about the fact that we were born on the side of the devil, but we could choose to join God's side. Making that decision to switch sides, though, will put us in conflict with people we care about, and even at times with our own bodies. 
you don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will complete the message, Stand Firm and Stand United. He will talk about how in our lives there are things we want to achieve that will involve pain and suffering, and that accomplishing goals for the kingdom of God are worth the struggle. We will learn about the paradox of becoming able to rejoice in the suffering we'll undergo. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Contagious, Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.